Welcome to another episode of Rich in Relationship. And today we're going to talk about the marital difference maker. And I'm going to be completely transparent. What has inspired this topic is I recently did an episode of Rich in Relationship on the myth of hard work is what you need to make a marriage work. And what we talked about in that episode was hard work is often misapplied. And so in real life, hard work is useful. But the question is, how do we apply it? And where do we apply it? And part of what we talked about in that episode that didn't sit right with me was the idea that if one person changes, the marriage can't be saved or can't, won't necessarily be saved. And I want to stand for marriage here. And I want to stand for marriage from this point of view, that when we give our word, when we say in our vows that we are all in in this marriage, no matter what happens on the other side, I firmly believe that when one person stands for those vows, the marriage can work. Yeah, them's fighting words, folks. The marriage can work when only one person stands for it. And I want to qualify that, though. Does that mean that the marriage will go exactly where you want it to? Well, that's not going to happen when both people are in. Let's be honest. Does that mean that the other person is going to change like that? Well, that doesn't happen when both people are all in. Let's get real. Does that mean that every day you're going to live happily ever after? Well, again, that doesn't happen when both people are all in. When one person takes a stand for a marriage and I say the marriage can work, what that means is as long as one person is dedicated to changing and growing and holding the space for a safe and loving relationship, as long as they're holding that space and the other person chooses to stay in the marriage, as long as that's going on, there is hope. As long as that space is being held, there is faith. As long as that space is being held and the other person doesn't walk away, there can even be confidence. Yeah, think about that. There can be hope. There can be faith and confidence when one person takes a stand for what they believe. And in order for that one person to make that difference, they're basically going to have to become immune to the negativity of the other person. And as Aaron Royer pointed out in the recent Myth of Hard Work podcast, that one person is going to need to be willing to look in the mirror. That one person is going to need to be willing to do the personal work. That one person is going to need to get that they need their inner values, beliefs, and feelings to be in complete congruence to hold that space. They're going to want to be in congruence internally. And what that means for that one person is a willingness to let go of their own baggage, a willingness to do the work. And that takes time, as we all know. It's not like we can, I'm not going to say that. 
it's not likely that we're going to clear up all of our baggage in 30 seconds. Not likely. Possible, but not likely. In real life, we do some release work. We release our bag. We acknowledge our baggage where it is in our history, and we release it and allow our history to reshape itself. And we, our story about our life changes. And because our story about our life changes, our behavior in the now and in the future changes. And as those changes ripple through us, as we become more congruent within ourselves, as we become more aligned with our own principles, our own values, our own ideas, our own sense of what we want, as our behavior comes into alignment with those values, principles, and desires, there's a ripple effect in the people around us. So what does that mean if you're in a marriage? In a marriage, you've got two individuals and you've got the marriage itself. The marriage is actually a living entity. It represents the shared hopes and dreams of those two individuals. It represents the fears of those individuals. The marriage as an entity represents the way those two individuals are perceived by their friends and family. It represents the way their dreams and vision are perceived by their community. It represents the way they're experienced by their extended family and the wider society in their places of work. And when one person, every time one person changes in that relationship, the relationship itself changes. And when the relationship changes, it impacts the other person. And the truth is that we're all changing all the time, 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 time. I've got a reverb switch on my microphone I should use for that, right? In real life, we are all changing moment by moment even. We may try to hold on to our sense of who we are. We may try to hold on to the relationship the way that it was originally conceived. We may try to hold on to the way that relationship looks to everyone else and, and, and interacts with everyone else. But the truth is, every moment we are changing as individuals. And since every moment we are changing as individuals, the relationship itself is changing. There is no going backwards. There is only going forwards. And so the question becomes, are we going to be proactive or are we going to be reactive? And the question becomes, if we're going to be proactive, how are we going to do that? If the desire is to create a kind of relationship and the relationship is stuck because both people have become positioned, how can you, as an individual, shift and change that? And the starting point is to get really clear about what it is you want. And usually you can find what you want most in what you're experiencing as a negative. So if you sit down and make a list of all the things that are effed up about your marriage and your relationship, write it out. And if you want to put their name on it, you can. But the truth is, Everything that you see is what you see. It's not necessarily what's happening. 
Let's talk about that a little more in just a second. If you make that list of all the things that are missing, you can pull from it what it is you actually want. So let's talk about this idea that what we perceive is not necessarily what's happening. Did you know that the unconscious mind can only absorb so much of what's coming in? And so it selects, I think the statistic is 126 bits out of you know, 2 million megabytes of information that's coming in at all times. So our unconscious mind is constantly filtering our experience. We, our perception of reality feels like it's happening now, but actually it's being filtered through our eyes, our ears, our sense of touch. And that is being filtered through the internal representations we have for the experiences coming in. So those representations inform us as to what it is we think we're seeing and experiencing. And then we make judgments based on those. We put labels on it. But that isn't the same as what's actually happening. Wow, that's kind of mind-altering, isn't it? The, I, the truth is that we think we're experiencing reality directly, but we're not. That means even now, the experience I'm having of myself talking, that's maybe the most real experience I'm going to have because it's happening between my ears. The experience you're having of me talking is going through all of your filters. And part of you is saying, what a bunch of crap. How could he say that? But think about it. If you can only perceive reality through your eyes, ears, taste, touch, and whatever other senses you may have, then everything's being filtered. And if it's being filtered through your own concepts of what those things mean, if you're assigning meaning to things, what's happening is you're not even actually having a direct experience. You're having the assigned meaning that you're giving it. That's what I'm saying to you. So the trick is for us to write down all the assigned meanings that we've given to our marriage and our reality and to flip it on its head. What's the experience I want to have? Well, let me give an example. If the experience that I'm having is that I'm not heard, that uh, I'm not valued, that uh, no matter how well I do, nobody sees how amazing I am, that um, my love isn't re properly received, that I'm just going through a list of experiences that have come through my filters personally and through working with others, that no matter uh, how often I hold out the olive branch, they, the olive branch, they slap it away with anger. If that's my experience, then what I'm wanting is the opposite of that. What I'm wanting is to be heard. And what I'm wanting is to be acknowledged. And what I'm wanting is for my olive branch, olive branch to be received. And what I'm wanting is a relationship that's reciprocal. So once I have that information, I now have the grounds for driving change in the relationship. How do I do that? The typical way is to say, you know what, honey, what I want from you is to be acknowledged. What I want from you is to be loved. What I want from you is to be heard. What I want from you is to receive my olive branch. What I want from you is to acknowledge all the amazing things I'm doing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That is the typical way. And though that may be a valid communication, the starting point is really in here, in us, in the individual. The starting point is to go, all right, where is it that I'm not hearing myself? And trust me, there are 110 places where we don't hear ourselves. And so that how, do, how can I better hear myself and acknowledge? How can I acknowledge 
myself? How can I acknowledge the effort that I'm making? How can I acknowledge my own growth? How can I acknowledge my willingness to hold out an olive branch? How can I acknowledge all that I'm sacrificing? How can I acknowledge all that I'm allowing myself to raise? How can I receive and give in here? And what's missing? For some of us, we have a hole in us. And some people describe that as a God-shaped hole, whatever that means to you. For some of us, filling that hole means a connection to something greater than yourself. It means acknowledging our inner divinity. For some of us, that's total nonsense. But finding those holes that we experience in ourselves and filling them with whatever it means to fill your inner divinity, whatever that means to you, to get that as a creature, a creature, you have the ability to create, that as a creature, a creature, you have the ability to transform, to change, to shift, to grow, to make things happen, to be the change that you want to see and to act on that being so that you have the result of that being in your life. When you get that you have that, the relationship itself starts to shift. And as you hold that space of love and openness and self-acknowledgement, whatever it is that you're wanting, olive branchiness, whatever it is, as you hold that space and the relationship changes, the person on the other side of that relationship, by definition, has to shift and change. They either look at what's happening to my relationship that's new and different, right? Or they try and fit it into the box of the relationship as they used to experience it, but that is only going to last so long, right? Even in our even in our desire to believe that things don't change, eventually we're going to have to acknowledge that something's changing on the other side when the person on the other side has shifted where they come from, when they have shifted to a place of love and acknowledgement and validation of themselves, when they're experiencing whole and complete and fulfilled inside of themselves and are presenting that in the relationship, that's going to filter through to the other side eventually, as opposed to why don't you ever give me what I want? What have you done for me lately? Which is where we like to come from when we're feeling like our relationship is less than adequate. When that we're coming from that place of wholeness and completion, the other person feels it, senses, and they shift and they change. Now, that's where the part, the qualifier comes in. They either decide that they're going to check it out or they bug out, right? It's totally possible that the person on the other side is going to go, rot row. This is not what I signed up for, right? You may be holding a space of love and wholeness and completion and all that good stuff we've been talking about. And it may be reflecting in the relationship and you may be holding a space for that marriage, that relationship based on your promise, on your values and your commitment. And they might suddenly realize that's not what they want or they're not ready for that. And they may leave. And if they leave, you then get to decide, do I continue to hold that space or do I let it go? And some people, their value to their word is so high that they will hold that space until they die, always letting that person know that they have that space. Some people will hold that space even when the other person is in a relationship with someone else, they will hold that space for them. I still love you and I'm still, I still hold to that commitment. For some people, that's what that commitment means. For some people, that commitment is null and void the, person that, the second the person steps out and you get to decide who you are and how much you're willing to change and shift and grow. But before you give up on your marriage, start on the inside. 
start with releasing your own baggage. Start with creating an opening for your own self-love. Start with creating the space for knowing that you are enough, for knowing that you are worthy of love, for knowing that there, you are a good and deserving whole and complete human being who loves the other person unconditionally. Start there. And if you're not sure how to get there, we've got all kinds of tools and techniques for helping you. We've talked in previous shows about the mental and emotional release technique that we have here at Rich and Relationship. We've got all kinds of ways to help you learn and grow and become self-aware and become that joyful, resilient person that you want your marriage to be and want your children to be and have. You know, we've got all kinds of tools for you. You can reach out to me at rich at richinrelationship.com. You can go to our website, richinrelationship.com, or you can just comment or direct message us. Those are all ways to reach out to us. Get that you are the source in your marriage. And get that it isn't all their fault get that but also accept that once you've taken responsibility for your part once you've cleaned up your side once you feel good about where you are you have the freedom to step away or not that's on you or you could step away or not while you're feeling discontent and unfulfilled but when you get into another relationship that discontent and unfulfilled part is going to come up again so if you heal this now in your current relationship and make the space for the relationship if, the, if you decide that it's no longer worth holding that space, you will now know how to hold that space from a place of love, compassion, courtesy, and kindness. You'll know how to hold that space and have a relationship that works. And you will draw to yourself. You will either draw to yourself the person that you're married to as they transform and become more like you because they want that, or... You will draw to yourself someone who is more like you that you are not yet in a relationship with directly. But it starts with the inner space. And that is my stand for you and my stand for your marriage. All it takes is one person. I hope you've gotten something out of this. This has been a real pleasure for me. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.